0: Welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk about church planting, theology, and drink coffee.
1: Welcome to Rugged Theology. I am your host, Adam Diamond, and today is our second part of the Tulip Series. We have you for unconditional election. What an episode of Sesame Street. Can you imagine, guys?
0: (laughs) This episode is is brought brought to you by the letter letter U. U. (laughs) The
1: letter U. Well, last that was the letter T, so this is the letter U today. So get your kids listen to our Tulip (laughs) series. Uh, But today I have with me Mr. Matt Leahy. Hey, everyone. uh, Mr. David Drover. Hello, hello. And Stephen Da. Salute. So uh, these guys are also going to be on the next podcast. When you listen to that one, that one will be... Actually, I won't give it away. You'll probably know it, but I'm not going to give it away because it's just fun to intro that way. So you for unconditional election, guys. Um, this one can be a bit,
0: uh, let's say,
1: a sensitive topic for some people. Some people can get very passionate about this.
0: Well, I mean, I think a lot of people misunderstand what this one actually means. And I go so far as to say some Calvinists misunderstand this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a full understanding of it when I first came to work with you guys, but after working with you all and uh, seeing how it plays out and having lots of actual, you know, level-headed theological discussions, lo and behold, we can disagree and right. still get along. Although now I do agree with you, but you know, back and then,
2: I think it's important just to say straight up that, yeah, unconditional election. If if I could just say it, I think is one of the harder ones to talk about in, in Tulip, just because there's such an emotional, um, response that people can have towards it. It, it does challenge people. I mean, I've been a Christian for almost 20 years now and when I come to unconditional election, I still get challenged to this day, uh, wrestling with what scripture teaches and my own experiences Mm -hmm. and the realities of, you know, what it means, the implications for, you know, people around me. And so it's okay to wrestle with this topic. And it it is something
1: you wrestle with. I mean, I I still do. I mean, it's still verses I get, and it still makes you
2: go, uh, like, really?
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: So with that said, say, guys, let's get into it. So, you know, help me break down for, you know, people listening, uh, especially to anyone who doesn't really, is not all that familiar with what Calvinists would believe in regards to salvation. How would we define unconditional
0: election? Okay. Well, first of all, I think we need to understand the term Election which doesn't mean what happened last night when the uh, LIBs Wait, uh, won what? a minority government. It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> All the angels I'm go up. I'm on the rock <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All the angels no, go no. up and say, it's like, Matthew Leahy, Adam Diamond, David Drove, Stephen Dodd, which one do you
1: want to get in heaven?
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. That's, that's totally, oh, that's man. not, and, and you know, you can win without getting the popular vote by having more <laughs> seats in. Have anyway, so Steve. Dog. What does election mean? <laughs> election in this case is is referring to the way we to a selection that you are elected to the position by the choice, the sovereign choice of God. So it has a similarity to what we think of as an election because it is a choice. It's a, a definition, but the, the the choice is made by God.
3: Mm-hmm. And so the, I guess the word unconditional then would mean that there's no condition. On that choice.
0: Well, there are no conditions that uh, that you have that make you elected. Yes.
2: Yeah. So it's not like a, a baseball or a hockey team where you know scouts will go and scout out the best players, but the you know. They're just they're the best in, in what they do. It's not like God looks down through the portals of time and he's like, oh, I'm going to choose Steve because he's got a really awesome brain. I'm going to choose Matt because he's got really awesome hair. Uh, I'm going to choose Dave because he plays really wicked guitar. And yeah, Adam. Mm, but does he choose on... <laughs> I'm up for debate.
3: <laughs> but does he choose based on faith? Dun, dun, dun. Well,
1: I mean, and th- that's the opposite of... Uh, unconditional election is conditional ele- election. Right. Is that you know God chooses you based on your faith, which is right. uh, what a lot of Armenians would believe, right. yeah. most if not all. And
3: a lot of people would go to Romans eight, I think, to talk about that. But we can we can get there. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. Though uh, I, I would point out that we need to keep in mind exactly what we're saying here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are not saying that a person can be saved without faith. No. Is no. Not the position. The position is not that there are no conditions which a person has upon being saved. We are saying that a person is not chosen because of the conditions they meet.
3: Well, it's not unconditional salvation, it's unconditional election. Exactly. Yeah. Which is just a facet of the grander umbrella of salvation.
1: Absolutely. And I find from, you know, me growing up and, you know, the denomination I grew up in, um, Election seems to almost be a word that caused people to break out in the hives, mm, right? It made I used, I found that it made a lot of people uncomfortable when it is a biblical word, yeah. Like, and, and it's used a lot. It's not just like it's just it's not like it's just Romans. Not just the it's not like it's just Romans nine. It's just it's used a lot, and it's a common theme throughout Scripture that God chooses people and a an entire nation mm. based on nothing that they've done themselves.
3: Yeah, the fact that God is the God who chooses people is is a whole through Genesis all the way to the end a biblical concept. For sure. Yeah. All right,
1: guys. So let's get into scripture a bit. So I mean, this is what we're saying. We're not saying that no one that someone doesn't need faith. Um, we're not saying that you know because you're unconditionally elected that you can go and do whatever you want and never lose your salvation. That's not what we're saying. No. Uh, but so what we're saying that unconditional election is that God has chosen you. To be saved through faith in Jesus Christ, right. based on no merit or no good doing of your own.
0: Which includes the faith that we say is necessary for salvation. Mm. So we are going to say that faith is necessary for salvation, mm-hmm. we just are going to say that that's not actually a condition you have met to be elected by God. Mm-hmm. Because the faith itself, we would, we would agreeing with Ephesians two eight, say, is a gift of God.
3: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: All right, so let's get into Scripture here now,
1: guys. I know some of you got your Bibles open, so uh, some people might be like, okay, this sounds like a bit weird, this is a bit different than what I heard. Like, can you prove it from Scripture? That's the main thing, right? Hmm. So tell me, guys, can we prove this from Scripture? Well, I mean, I just talked
0: about Ephesians two <laughs> Let's just go, go there. Um, sure.
1: Just right before you do, Steve, too,
3: I feel like we should probably just quickly comment that, like, the word predestination is also a very scriptural word which i'm sure mm-hmm. steve you're going to right uh well not i guess how one you'll but. be
0: you'll be dealing with that i'm sure at yeah, some point yeah. but we uh both the words election and predestination are scriptural words the word elect i just did a quick bible search on my uh on my phone there's like i i, I, I stopped counting at 30 Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, mentions of the term elect or election. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not something that comes out. But again, back to Ephesians yes, two, eight. Sorry. in any case. I, I mean, the text goes, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So let's just unpack that a little bit. The text here is saying... That we are saved by grace through faith, so we're not denying that faith is necessary for salvation. The text is teaching that. Mm -hmm. But this is a gift of God. What is a gift of God? Well, the faith and the the salvation that comes through that faith. Mm -hmm. And the reason we're going to say that is because it actually says, uh, so that no one may boast. For we are for we are his workmanship created in Jesus Christ for God work good works, which God prepared beforehand, which is where predestination comes mm-hmm. from, so that we should walk in them. So again, we're, we're, we're looking at a situation where God is working in us, well to use another text of scripture, both to will and to do his good pleasure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's not like God you know just looked and like, yeah, now I think I'm going to do something. Or there's a light bulb goes off, and I'm like, "Wait a second! If I send Jesus, and we do this, we can do it like right now, and it would be perfect. Imagine how amazing that would be." No, He did it from the beginning, right before all things,
0: right. And of course, that gets into some other interesting theological topics that that are way beyond what we need to deal with today. (laughs) But it is clear that the Bible states that God recognized that this was the way He was going to do this. From the beginning of time.
2: I mean, uh, then there's, the, there's Romans 8, and 20, 29. I'll just read that really quick here. It says, For those whom he foreknew, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that again. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined, there's that scary word that we right. talked about earlier, predestined to what? To become conformed to the image of his Son. Why? So that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called and those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. And so, kind of building off what what Steve said earlier, they're, they're, it's not like God looked down through the portals of time and said, "I'm going to choose you based off your, you know, fantastic exegesis." It's no, I'm I'm going to before time, I I foreknew you. I I also predestined you based on my
0: sovereign will. Right now, of course, the. Uh the person who is going to believe in conditional election is going to say, well, yes, but Jesus foreknew them. That's what it says here, that he, those whom he foreknew, he predestined. But, of mm-hmm. course, that kind of under is undercut by the things that, you know, has been are, are said immediately after that. Mm-hmm. that You've pointed out that, you know, uh, when he says whom he predestined, he called, and those whom he called, he justified, and those whom he justified, he glorified. What's left for the person to do? do. I mean, molding all... Exactly. <laughs> uh, and, and again, I I, may, I say that with some trepidation, because then somebody's going to say, well, you know, now you're just believing that you can be saved without actually, uh, without actually any works being evidenced through you. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the works that are evidenced through you are gifts of God, too.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, too, like that I mean, when you read that word foreknew, and I think we need to be careful too when we when we read words like this and, and think about positions, it's very easy to assume kind of what that means. And I think a lot of people would say that's kind of like he, he foreknew that they would choose faith. Right. Um, although to me, anyways, that doesn't seem overly clearly laid out.
0: It's not actually stated in the in, text. In the way.
3: text. And I think if we read that in relation also to Ephesians chapter 1, um, right. So I'll just I'll just read that out. This is another place where it talks about specifically the the word predestined, right? So starting in verse three, and this is a bit of a, a longer one, so I'll I'll read it out probably a little slow. Um, but it says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places." And and get this here now. So verse four, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So there's that idea, before the foundation of the world, God chose us in him, right. right? So he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. Okay, and then it says, in love he predestined us. So there's that word again. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. So again, there's that, I think there's that's a definite knowledge yeah. of who we are going to be as his sons well, and daughters, right? And just go slightly a little bit longer, mm-hmm.
0: according to the purpose of his will.
3: Mm-hmm. To the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Yeah. To finish the sentence. It's a long sentence. but It is a long
0: sentence, but I mean, just just get grasp the, the situation here. He's saying that you are predestined because I predestined you, and I'm going to glorify myself through you by giving you all of the things, that are necessary for salvation which include your faith your holiness your righteousness that all those kinds of things i mean Again, this is one of the caricatures that Calvinists often get: is that you can come to saving faith in Jesus Christ, and since you're once saved, always saved. Terrible line. Mm. You can imagine that you know, well, I, I, I've got, I've punched my ticket for heaven. I don't need to worry about it anymore. I don't need to worry about you know putting to death the deeds of the flesh. I don't need to worry about you know uh, seeking to grow in in love and but that's not what the position says. The faith that God we're just saying that the faith that you have that helps you to get through this is a gift of God. And that that the faith itself isn't the reason you're saved. You're saved because God gave gave you because God decided on it. You have faith because God gave it to you.
3: And just a short little plug for next episode, you're saved because of what Jesus did on the cross
0: for you. Absolutely.
1: Looking forward. But... One of the uh, biggest struggles for me um, being, you know, growing up in the Armenian uh, theology and believing I have much more of a choice in my salvation or believing that God has given us enough free will that we were able to choose him. Um, but we yeah, one of the biggest things for me was, you know, Romans 9 13, right? Mm, yeah. That, yeah. um, uh, <laughs> Esau, I hated Jacob. I loved, right? right? And it right. says before they had done anything wrong, mm. before they were born, before they had done anything, God said, Esau, I hated Jacob. Jacob I love, so that his his election will be made complete. Right. Right? So, like, how do you wrestle? That was one of the biggest wrestles for me. Like, what do you mean before they did anything? And I think that's why it's more of an emotional thing for us, because we want to say this is unfair.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, which, it, which Paul even assumes. He does. In Romans 9. Which is know. precisely why it, the, the way we're reading it seems likely to be the way that Paul intended it, because... He's actually coming up with the responses that we would normally come up with.
1: Mm-hmm. Like we hear that, we're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Like, but they were just—they even when they were born, they were just babies. Mm-hmm. They hadn't done anything wrong. What do you mean, God hated and and God loved? Like, right. how is that fair?
0: Yeah,
2: and the emotional response, like we're we're, we're kind of segueing into it. It, it. It's it is an emotional response. Like and coming from my background, as far as I can tell, I, I'm I'm the only one who's. Uh, eternal security rests in Christ. I'm I'm the only born again, whatever phrase you want to use uh, for for me as as a Christian in my family. So as far as I'm concerned, I'm a first-generation Christian. Everyone else isn't. And so when I look at the doctrine of unconditional election, it it ultimately leads into the question of, so Matt, if, if God has chosen you,
0: why didn't he choose your
2: mom, your dad, your brother, your aunt, your uncle,
0: well, and, and I'm going to have to actually point out, the, the there's a couple of fallacies just mm. in what you're thinking there, just from the get-go. Because the fact is, you don't know their hearts and you don't know their relationship to God. Exactly, mm. They
3: might be elected.
0: Absolutely. We and can, yeah. you don't know what time is going to do in the near future or, mm-hmm. or later future. We no, have no right. idea. Mm-hmm. Now, ultimately, we have to say that God is both powerful to save mm-hmm. and God is good. And so, and again, this this is probably one of the reasons why I think that this is this is actually a beautiful kind of thing, mm-hmm. because ultimately, um, I am not capable of messing up the message of the gospel mm-hmm. be, to a point that my family is going to be damned because of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
3: It, this it does. I mean, this is a big this has huge, huge, huge applications for how we do evangelism. It does. Um, and how we treat it as a whole, because if evangel, if salvation is, is based on the condition and there's something that we can do to somehow, you know, convince. like if we can just argue better or convince people better or right. um, be more convincing and that will make people kind of accept this and then, you know, putting a lot more of the pressure on us versus it's God who... Alex, it's God who saves. Right.
0: And put pressure on us to save other people, yep. as if we could save other people, mm-hmm. rather than actually putting the pressure on us to be faithful to what the Gospel tells us, namely to, you know, as I said, be putting to death the deeds of the flesh, to be seeking after God daily, to be transformed daily more and more into the image of His Son as by the Holy Spirit. Those kinds of things we need to be worrying about. We don't need to be worrying about Well, that guy over there, he's going to I don't know how he's going to react Mm -hmm. to this specific argument I say. And I say this with some trepidation. I I love apologetics. I'm doing an MA in apologetics. And and let's make no excuse
3: too. This doesn't give us the excuse then to say, well, since it's not on me, then I don't have to do anything. Mm. No, because that
0: would be unfaithful.
3: Exactly. And so I mean if I mean there's still a command in Matthew twenty eight, we've talked about it. I mean, there's still our op our um, responsibility to preach the gospel but what that role looks like right. if you come from this kind of a theological background is what you see in Mark chapter 4 oh, I was just, just about go the theology the of farmer yeah, yeah. yeah right the farmer he goes out he he sows the seeds he waters it Absolutely. but then he goes in and he falls asleep so <laughs> yeah. for us we we go we preach the gospel we live faithfully we we desire to, to defeat well not to defeat but to kill our sin and Ultimately, then we just kind of go in and we, we rest and know that it's in God's hands. And right. we don't know how he's going to use that proclamation of the gospel. If he's going to use it, if he's not, what that might mean maybe 20 years down the road for that person, who right. knows? But we can so, rest in God's sovereignty.
0: I, I like to think of it this way. the This doctrine takes out of our hands the efficacy of what we do and just keeps us with the faithfulness for what we do.
2: Well, if we follow the logical conclusion of conditional election, which where God looks down and, and elects people uh, based on their own merit or, or something about them, uh, the, the issue ultimately comes down to man's choice to choose whether he's going to be saved or not. Right. And, and so if you follow that conclusion, if I can say, well, no, God, I don't want to be saved, Now we make God an impotent God.
0: And worse than that, it uh, makes—if there's something that I can do to convince people to come to a saving faith, then uh, the theology of guys like Charles Finney would be correct, and it would be okay to use— Uh, emotional manipulations Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh, those kinds of things to get people to make a decision for Christ, because the decision for Christ is more important than, well, being faithful about, you know, not lying and about not uh, trying to, you know, ramp up people's emotions for no good reason.
1: And there's also, um, I mean, this goes further into the P of TULIP and the preservation or perseverance of the saints, Um, but, you know, applies to unconditional Mm -hmm. election, all these go together. Uh, but if you do choose God on your own merits or, you know, if you do have enough, you know, free will to choose God and that place faith in him um, and you can lose your salvation if it's based on that condition and you lose your faith, so it's then God saying, you're elect, oh, well, oh, there goes another one, mm-hmm. right? I got yeah. that one wrong or I got that one wrong or there goes another one. I don't see how it's justifying to God or to God's glory to have that victory over death, had that victory over sin and Satan when he keeps gaining and losing people right, back and forth.
0: Well, and also, I think there's a good reason. Uh, when when uh, Arminius and, uh, you know, I would actually say the more extreme version, Pelagius, came up with their positions on theology for this, they had good reasons for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact is... It's easy for people to fall into this kind of quietism where we imagine we don't need to be anything, we don't need to follow through with anything in faith, but they seem to just lose the necessity of understanding that God is central in all of this. Mm. It's so easy for us to want to make ourselves central because we, we imagine that our responsibility is based solely on whether or not we are going to be saved mm-hmm. instead of where it should be based whether or not we have an affection for god
1: so one more emotional argument for you guys um based on unconditional election if god is choosing before time who he's going to save who he's not going to save you know people come to the conclusion then is god creating people for hell and some people for heaven and how is that just
2: no we we are all predestined no let me back that up no we 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 were born we were created in sin we were born into sin none of us deserves god's grace none of us deserves to be with him
3: so yeah i i think in some ways yes i mean you kind of do see that in, in a lot of ways in romans 9 i think you know um let me just find it here real quick um has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump mm-hmm. one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction in order to make known the riches of his glory for vessels of mercy, which mm-hmm. he's prepared beforehand for glory? So I, I, I think in some ways, yes, he does. I mean, that seems to be what Paul is saying pretty clearly in that text. But I do think We've got to take that and realize the bigger picture of what Matt had just said. Mm-hmm. And even going back to last episode in T. this isn't like we're not starting at a neutral place. Right. Right. We're not we're not people like the people who, you know, are going to be crafted for dishonorable use or however you want to phrase it. It's not like they just got the short end of the stick and don't deserve it. Yeah. The, the truth is we all deserve that. Mm-hmm. We because all because of the our of sin. The stick. Yeah. We so, all deserve the punishment.
0: Well, actually, no, we get we don't get the short end of the stick. We actually deserve punishment. There you go. So exactly. the the idea here isn't that uh I don't know, uh God is unfair for uh for not saving everyone. The point is God is unfair for saving anyone. Mm-hmm. And you don't want merely a fair God. And again, this is not, more, God doesn't do this for the praise of his fairness. He does it in fairness because, but he does it for the praise of the glory of his grace. Mm. I mean, amen. The point isn't that we are, you know, saved because, you know, God is just to save me, and ha, 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 I'm awesome. It's because God has been gracious to us. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. And nor will there ever be a sinner at the end of time who will go to God and say, I don't deserve this. Well, well, unless you're saved. I mean, for you know, like, because yeah. the, the reality is, is that we are sinners, that right. we deserve to go to hell. And again, as Steve said, right. it's all grace and mercy that anybody at all gets saved. None the way, unfair thing is for us to actually be saved, right?
0: Though that's made fair, and this is going to be a promo next episode. For the next episode, because of atonement. the atonement of Christ.
1: And just a challenge to anyone who's still like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I just want to challenge you to think through. Like, if God is creating people for some for hell and some for heaven, if this is how it works, yeah, I know you're biting up against this because it's not fair. I don't get that choice. Well, even if if God knows who, what you're choosing. He's still creating people he knows that aren't going to choose him. Absolutely. So I just want to offer that out there just to you know, help think it through because these are things that we don't think through very often right. because it's uncomfortable. Mm, right. mm-hmm. And it's, it's okay to be uncomfortable coming to these things because God is beyond us. Yeah. Uh, but we need to wrestle with that because, again, we are totally depraved. Our hearts are turned away from God. There yes. is none that seek God, right? We're foolish human beings. Um, but then God, in his goodness, in wanting to display his mercy and grace and wanting to display how you know great he truly is, then chooses to save some as undeserving as we are and you know possibly having those for wrath mm-hmm. to show that he is indeed just, that he is indeed righteous and holy. Amen. Anyways, guys, that's a quick wrap-up of you for Unconditional Election. I hope you're enjoying this little series. I know I am. Uh, Catch us again next week uh, where we're going to do Limited Atonement.
0: You have been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is a podcast of Mile One Mission. If you'd like to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland, please visit us at www.mileonemission.ca.